the housewives of Wales. <laughs> it's not the housewives of Wales. <laughs> House witches, yeah. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the Real House Witches of South Wales. The Real House Witches of South Wales. <laughs> Fantastic, Laura, you sounded, oh my god, like your vocals are getting better week on week. If I was on The Voice, I would turn around. I can't even believe my own power sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Whitney Houston who? Beyonce who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Okay, great. So um, whilst we know that Laura's got fantastic vocals in her range, um, we should probably talk about the guest in the room. We have a guest with us this week, guys, and her name is Tiffany Rising. Tiffany, hi. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. It's great to have you on. It is Hello. so great to have you on. Um, so for yeah, those, thank you for coming. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So for those who don't know, we will let Tiffany explain who she is and what she does. But um, I came across Tiffany when I found her podcast, which was on, which is on Spotify, um, and I found it so informative. It was great for astrology and witchcraft. I loved it. Um, so it's a bit of like a fangirl moment to have Tiffany on our podcast. <laughs> But um, yeah, Tiffany, um, tell us about you and let the listeners know about you. Ah, oh, wonderful. Well, I just want to say thank you for having me here. It's so interesting being on the opposite side of the podcast, I guess, platform. Um, so I'm Tiffany, my surname or whatever, I guess. My Instagram name is Tiffany Rising, and I'm an astrologer. I'm a lot of different things, but astrology is my love language. It is my passion, my heart, and my soul. Um, I did have a podcast with a dear friend that is no longer a thing. You can still find the Astro Witch download on Spotify or on Apple iTunes, but um, it is no longer, and, and that's okay. It was you know, a heartbreaking situation to let go of, but ultimately, it's okay. But thank you for having me here. I'm so excited. I, let's see, I've been studying astrology, honestly, my entire life, but it wasn't until about 2017 where I really started diving in. And I was like, there's something to this. I started connecting to the moon. Um, so to give a little background, I'm a Libra. I have a Libra sun. I have a Scorpio moon and I'm a Capricorn rising. And I don't know about you guys, but I would look at like 17 magazine. I don't know what they have in the UK, but I would look at the horoscope section and I would read Libra and I would be like, okay, sure. This makes sense. But like, I feel like I'm so much more than this. And that's when I started diving deeper and I found my birth chart and mm. Jack, Laura, I don't know for you, the first time that you looked at yours, if it was just this like awe opening experience of, oh, this makes sense. I'm so much more than my sun sign. I'm so much more than just this one piece of the pie. Yeah. We're actually all of it, right? And so that's really how my journey started. And then COVID hit and uh, I started my Saturn return literally to the day of my Saturn return. I have a Saturn and Aquarius. Um, I got my first paid client a friend that I did a reading for. And she was like, you deserve to be paid for this. And I was like, whole, I have full body chills. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> we're doing this. Like we're, we're going to do this. COVID really opened this door for me as I think it did for a lot of people, the energy and the astrology around the timing of it was so interesting that it opened this door to a life that I never thought possible. 
and I sit here talking to two of, you know, really beautiful human beings who are on this spiritual path, who have tapped into that energy. And now the language of astrology is just circulating everywhere. And it's so beautiful to hear. And it's so incredible to talk to other people about it. Um, if you can't tell, it is my absolute passion. So <laughs> it's a little bit about me. That is great. Laura, I don't know how, how you feel about that, but like hearing you talk, um, Tiff, is just like, I feel all like warm and excited. Like, it's just so nice. <laughs> What's funny is that I literally feel like hot right now. I'm like, yeah. I can feel both of your energy. Like I can just feel there's something so beautiful about listening to a person, no matter what it is that they're passionate about, talk about the thing that they're passionate about, because it's almost like it doesn't even matter what the words are, but you can just feel it. And, and I feel that I listen to your guys's podcast. I listened to it this morning and I was just like, there's, there's something so beautiful and so eloquent about just listening to someone talk about something that they love. So I'm so glad that it resonates like that. And with the sun in Gemini, with all of this Gemini energy, uh, I just want to talk. So this was perfectly aligned, even though our good friend Mercury played some tricks on us. Um, I knew it was going to happen. That's what he does. How have you guys been experiencing Mercury retrograde so far? Well, so far, nothing. I didn't actually know we were in Mercury retrograde yet. I don't know when it started, but maybe in a few days or a few weeks, if I get any, you know, any technological problems, then yeah, I'll let you know. But so far, nothing yet. What about you, Jack? I've had, um, there was a slight like miscommunication error that I've been having on my um, business pages, TikTok um, account. Um, so we just listed some new crystals and so I listed um, clusters of amethyst and clusters of citrine and obviously when we talk about citrine commercially most of the time it's heat treated amethyst um, and so I put that in the listing you know it was in my description um, commercially it's called citrine but I was up front and called it heat treated citrine and heat treated amethyst in the same listing blah 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 anyway so I did the video on it trying to like promote the product and I got like all these sort of I think I found witch talk and witch talk can be a bit um scary um and so I was getting all these comments telling me like not heat treated amethyst uh who are you trying to kid and there was all these sort of comments coming in telling me I was wrong and bad for listing citrine as citrine even though it was heat treated amethyst so I did like a couple of videos on it and I was like look like I was completely up front but this is kind of what's happening um this is a commercial thing this is what heat treated citrine is like I explained it well but still people were like Mm -mm, that isn't right and I was like oh my god like turned off the comments I was like I can't get through to people I'm done <laughs> so, interesting. so we're in this like portal right now so Laura we actually started Mercury retrograde um uh May 29th the shadow period started on May 15th and so it's it's new so I'm, I'm actually yeah super happy that you haven't experienced a lot of its energy yet maybe you'll just like skid right through it and it'll be great. But Jack, what you were talking about, that energy of like, I was being truthful. I was being upfront and honest is so very Sagittarian. And we just had this huge Sag lunar eclipse. We just had this energy of like, it is the truth seeker. And so you being having a Jupiter in Sagittarius, this energy of like, I'm just trying to be truthful. Gemini will come through and it's like, I don't really care about the truth. I just want to pick out what my, my truth is. 
right? It's this dualistic nature. Gemini is the twins and they really are this energy of like Jackal and Hyde or the twins are Castor and Pollux. It's the light and the dark. And it's, you know, that's so very Mercury retrograde and we're in it right now. And it's all about truth and miscommunication and being able to discern what your truth is. And for me personally, I've had just like tiny little mishaps, like miscommunications or things just not going correctly. And if you experience Mercury's tricks, if you are in the midst of a Mercury retrograde shenanigan, do try your best not to get frustrated because that's when you fall into it. That's when you fall into the trap and it perpetuates. What Mercury is truly asking you is how can you calm down and recreate this story? Why are you frustrated? Why are you um, in such a, such a rush? Like Mercury, when it turns retrograde, wants us to slow down, wants us to really look at what's behind the scenes. And so I just think that that's so beautiful that Laura, you haven't quite experienced anything yet. And Jack, you're in this place of like, I had to turn off the comments. I had to let go of the chatter because it was just too much because Gemini will talk and talk just like I'm doing right now. But the opposite side of that is I need to listen. And that can be listening to what other people are telling you. That can be listening to your own inner voice, but it can also be tuning in and literally listening to Mercury and saying, bro, what are you trying to tell me right now? Because there's obviously a message here. So don't fear the retrograde. It happens three to four times a year. He's not a bad guy. He's just a trickster. It's like the class clown where you're like, God, I want to be angry at you. You're so frustrating, but also without you, like this class would be really boring. I'm, I'm like obsessed. Like this is the best conversation <laughs> I've ever had. <laughs> oh my, my Libra heart is like, I love it. <laughs> I <can> tell. <laughs> tell me more. When I was looking at the comments coming in and that sort of stuff, there was a part of me that was like, oh, of course this would happen now during um, Mercury retrograde. And there was a part of me thinking to myself, um, with the with the comments coming in and they kept filling in, I was like, oh my God, this is Mercury retrograde and my business is going to completely crumble here. You know, and I was freaking out about that. But I didn't even consider that it's in Gemini. So I didn't even consider what you just said, where it's like, the noise and the chatter and Gemini we just did an episode on Gemini as well where it's you know that sort of stereotypical Gemini where they will yeah. choose what they want and manipulate a situation I didn't even consider that so that that is very fascinating I love that yeah isn't it so and, and we have so much energy in Gemini right now so we have the sun in Gemini we have the north node in Gemini Mercury in Gemini and Venus so Venus will actually move to Cancer tomorrow thank goodness like homegirl needs some like cancerian energy because the gemini it's so beautiful and it's so intellectually stimulating coming from taurus right and we can i mean we're going to talk about the zodiac today so we'll just kind of transition right on into it but gemini is mutable air and so we're changing seasons and the energy of that is like i get to change my mind constantly but what it does is it unravels this anxiety producing energy that we have within ourselves. Taurus anchors us into our body, right? We are so rooted, we are so grounded, we are the bull. And then we switch to air and it's like, oh, this was a, this was a big shift. I am now so in my head, I'm so in my brain, I'm having all these anxious thoughts. And what I think is so beautiful about astrology and what we often forget is that we don't lose the lessons from Taurus. 
we don't lose the lessons from Aries, we build upon them. And so a practice that I've really been doing as the energy has gone from our body, from the Taurian center up to the Gemini mind is like, how do I remain rooted? How do I remain grounded? But I let the energy do what it needs to do and take me to the mental plane, take me because air, right? Being intellect, mental processing, really when we think about astrology and the Zodiac, we have to go back to the basics in the sense that they're elements. Understanding, because we all know what earth can do. We all know what water can do. We all know the power of air, tornadoes, and we all know, you know, fire. And so when we think about it in that way, it's like, all right, this helps me understand more poetically the energy within the sky. And that's why I just, I love it. I love it so much. I could talk about it forever, but yeah, you're, we're all in this place of like, I was overthinking the second that you were like, my business is going to go under, you know, you got in your head. That's Gemini, the shadow side of it being like, yeah, yeah, it is. It's going to crumble. It's totally going to crumble. You're the worst. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I'm not. And it's not going to crumble. And I can take those anxieties and those insecurities and I can rewrite them. That's what Gemini wants. That's what Mercury retrograde. So for all of you listening, tool of the trade, when Mercury's retrograde, no matter what sign it's in, it's a story to rewrite. It's an energy to play with. We think retrograde and we think re's. We revisit, we restructure, we reorganize, we reevaluate, and then we move forward. So there's a little tidbit on, on retrograde energy, but uh, yeah, there we are. I love it. I, I, I think that's fantastic. I think that's great. Laura, kind of what do you take from that? I didn't know much about it. I know we've spun about it before, but we haven't spun about it that much. Um, but yeah, the whole miscommunication thing. I mean, we, we get that in our lives so many times, <laughs> even when it's not in retrograde. I mean, communication for me is something that I struggle with quite a lot. Um, I, I can't remember actually where Mercury is in my birth chart, um, but there is something in my birth chart that mentions like a, a struggle in communication, um, like physical communication. Um, I can't remember what house Mercury is in, um, but yeah, it, it just made me think of, of that, of what I've seen in my birth chart about the struggle of communication. Uh, but so far in this retrograde, I've had no problems. Laura, obviously Laura is a Leo um, and Laura, your Mercury is in the 10th house in Virgo. So mm. Tiffany, what do you kind of think about that? Well, 10th house Mercury in Virgo. So let's just kind of break this down yeah. for a second astrologically. When we think about astrology, you know, we think about the stars, we think about what's above us, but really the, we think, I think about it at least as a psychological experience. So the planets, right? The celestial bodies in the sky, they associate to the what? They are the psychological imprints of our mind, right? It's like, okay, I have intellect, I have relationships, I have ego, I have my heart. And then the sign that that planet is in really dictates the how and the why. How is this energy going to be expressed? Why is it going to express itself in that way? And what flavor does the planet have in that sign? Okay. And then we have the house and the house is the where. I've been reading this book called The Inner Sky. It's absolutely life-changing. And Stephen Forrest relates the houses to a battlefield. 
And that can feel kind of scary and chaotic, but ultimately it's like, no, no, this is just an arena. Each house is an arena that expresses an area of your psychological foundation. And so for Laura, having Mercury in Virgo in the 10th house, what that relates to is her primal communication being Mercury is flavored by Virgo, which is a very strong placement because Mercury rules Virgo. Okay. So he's in his domicile. He likes to be there. However, unlike Mercury and Gemini, where he just wants to talk and he can be really witty and really charismatic and really heightened, Mercury and Virgo is like, yo, let's look at all the problems. Let's problem solve. Let's do this behind the scenes so that I can analyze everything. It's not the talker energy. It's very grounded and methodical, right? Mm -hmm. Virgo is the perfectionist. Virgo is the analyst. And so that's the flavor that your raw primal intellect has and your ability to communicate. And then we think about the 10th house and the 10th house is all about career. It's the midheaven. It's the top of our chart. And so this comes through in business. So I'm wondering for you, if you're really, really good at explaining problems in a business sense, if you're able to look at something, analyze it, and then just get down to the point and be like, this is what it is. And maybe that's where your strong suit is. There's a million different ways that this energy can be expressed, but a Mercury in Virgo is very analytical, very perfectionistic. It doesn't speak to speak. It speaks to problem solve if that makes sense. And I would love to know, Laura, if that's resonant for you. And yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's like what you said at the start, when you actually look at the birth chart, everything makes total sense. You know, you know, you know your, your main sign, and then you find out about the rising sign, the moon sign, you look at every single house, and then it all comes together. And what you said does make perfect sense. It's, you know, it's the... I suppose the whole Virgo can relate to the whole introverted side of somebody, you know, thinking before speaking, thinking before you make the move, analytical, like you say. Uh, so yeah, that does make perfect sense. I've always been one to kind of think and then take action. I have full body chills, which is my sign that like, yes, like we nailed it. And the thinking before speaking is the perfect <laughs> essence of a Mercury and Virgo, right? Because, so I have a Mercury and Libra. I balance everything and I can see both sides of the story. Now for someone who has a Mercury in Aries, there's no thinking before they speak because Aries is that initial fire and it just comes out. But the earth signs, if you have a Mercury in an earth sign, there is mm. that tendency to be like, all right, hold on, let's take a step back. Let's look at this practically. And then let's say something. We don't need to constantly be talking. We don't need to constantly be sharing this information. I have something to say, it's going to improve upon a situation. And then I'm going to go back and do whatever it is that I was doing. I don't need to constantly be talking. Once you understand the basic energy of your chart, everything starts to come together. And so me just like breaking down this one little sliver of your chart is not fair to who you are as a person, because you are so much more than just that one element. Actually, I listened to your podcast. You have a Saturn in Pisces, do you not? Yeah, we both do. Yeah. Hey, so Mercury and Virgo, and I don't know the yeah. actual yeah. angles of it, but it's an opposition. So there's this balance between Saturn being the restrictor, being the big picture, because he's in Pisces, and then Mercury, the Virgo analytical, there's this push and pull between what you want to say and how you want to come across. 
So it's so interesting. And, and that's why there's so many different configurations and so much that can come from astrology because you can pick apart that one little piece and be like, oh yeah, this makes sense. But then when you put it together as a whole and you experience either a birth chart reading or you just take it upon yourself to fully dive in, an entire world opens up and it's like, oh, this is why I do the things that I do. Or this is how I can be more practical and grounded and show up better for my relationships. And we can use astrology as a tool to do that. All you have to do is learn the basics. It's a language. And then you form the sentences and then the paragraphs. And then before you know it, here's the story of your life told by the stars. And it's just so damn poetic. Yeah. And yeah. And the way you talk about it and the way you communicate that with us and with the listeners is fantastic as well. Like you are, you just really make it so interesting and simplified. So yeah, it's fantastic. So um, obviously Aries is the beginning of the Zodiac. We've spoke about it before, Laura, where we were talking about oh it's the beginning of the zodiac but it starts like march april is it i can't quite remember and then why is it in the middle of the year sort of thing or the beginning of the year yeah Yeah. so what's the kind of where does all that come from and let's start with aries yeah it's so interesting because my mom has such a hard time grasping this too she was like capricorn january is the start right we go out this gorgarian calendar which to me makes absolutely no sense. I'm like, why in the world are we starting a brand new year in the middle of winter? Everything is dead. It is the middle of Capricorn season. Like homeboy is doing his thing. He does not need this new beginning. He is very much on his path. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. And so when I started aligning to the seasons, because that's what astrology is, we're aligning, like I kind of talked about earlier, it's all about the elements. And so while, yes, we've adopted this tradition to start our new year on January 1st, honestly, I have no idea where it came from. I I don't know why. I personally don't start my new year until the spring equinox, which is when the sun hits that zero degrees of Aries, because that is the initiator. That makes more sense to me. Cardinal fire, right? So when we think about the Zodiac, there are 12 signs. There are four elements and there are three modalities and I can break those down, but basically it follows this cyclical pattern of fire, earth, air, and water. And all of those elements come together and they form the universe, right? We are all made up of it. That is what we are here to embody. And so to me, when we think about cardinal fire, cardinal being the modality, fire being the element, we think of Aries. There can only be one cardinal fire sign and that is Aries. And I like to think of the Zodiac as God's children or just, it's this, it's a story. And if it's not a story, we can't connect to it because that's how we as human beings connect. We connect to stories and energy. So Aries starts, it's Cardinal Fire, it's the initiator. So the archetype of Aries is the warrior, the pioneer, the daredevil, the survivor, right? It's it's the first energy right out of the gate. And I always like to picture a literal warrior walking around. It's this like brand new environment. And Aries is like, all right, well, I have no one else around me. So I'm just going to go explore. So when we think about Aries in our chart, that's what we relate to. We relate to this energy of I'm independent. I am, I am is the energy of that sign, right? I am. And then everything starts from there. The fire kicks off and we move forward. Life is brought back from the slumber and here we go. So from Aries, we move into Taurus. So we have Cardinal Fire. And then Taurus, the stubborn bull, is like, Aries, you're moving way too fast for me. 
you have no resources, you have no tangible anything. Like you're just this go, go, go. And it's exhausting. I want to plow the fields. I want to root into my body. So Taurus is fixed earth. Taurus is the middle of spring. Okay. So Aries starts March 20th until April 20th. And then Taurus comes in and is like, all right, we're going to anchor everything down. The soil is ready for the seeds to be planted. So what does Taurus do? It plants the seeds. It plows the fields. It's very methodical in the way that it creates sustainability. That's Taurus fixed earth. So from Taurus, Gemini comes through and is like, okay, cool. Aries, I see that you're out here pioneering. Taurus, you've got this like on lock. You're doing all the things, building the resources. I'm going to go start trading and bartering because we need food and we need water and we need, you know, tools to go hunt. And so Gemini is mutable air, the first air sign. And in that energy, we experience our first connection with humans, right? We experience the ability to mental, mentally process information. So mutable is the changing of the seasons. And that's where we're at right now. So we have Gemini season, which takes us from the middle of spring and transitions us into summer. And so when we think about mutability, we think about the ability to change and to adapt, right? The trees are blooming. I don't know about what seasons you guys experience, but for me, in Denver, Colorado, you know, it's allergy season, like everything, the pollen is coming, everything is coming back to life. We're more energetic. And then cancer comes and cancer, we're back to cardinal, cardinal water. Okay. First water sign. Cancer's the crab and cancer is like, okay, here we go. I see that you've gone out, you've pioneered, we have food. Now we need to create a home. Now we need to create a stable environment for everyone to come back to. Cancer is the primordial womb, right? It's the, the, the fourth house. It's the lowest point in our chart. And it initiates our ability to nurture and protect and connect to the mother, right? Ruled by the moon. It has that energy of expanding feelings. Cancer being the mother, right? The healer. So now we have a home. We have this home that we're able to come back to. And kind of what I said before, we don't lose the four that we've just come in contact with. We all have Aries, Taurus, Gemini, and Cancer. What we're doing is I like to call it the Pokemon effect. Now we're evolving. Now we're taking those basic life force elements and we're building upon them in a new way, right? So Aries is Cardinal Fire. And then we're met with the second fire sign, which is Leo. And so Leo fixed fire, right? We are now in the middle of summer. It's hot. We think about the lion basking in the sun. We think about the lion going out on the prowl, right? And hunting. But Leo is the king and queen. It is the regal energy. It's royalty. It is the performer. And I know um, Jack has a Leo moon, right? And then Laura, you're a Leo sun. So this is really beautiful. And then Jack with his Aquarius, the polarizing energies, but... This is the energy of, I want to be seen. I want to be felt. I want to be experienced. I want to show up on center stage. It's because if we think about this as a story, we're at home and now we're like, well, now I want to go be creative. Now I want to entertain and I want to have some drama in my life, right? That's where Leo comes to center stage. And it's like, all right, we now have a home to go back to, but now I want to go out and I want to explore and I want to indulge in pleasure and play. That's Leo in the fifth house, ruled by the sun, right? From Leo, 
we move back into earth, right? The pattern repeats itself. And now we're in mutable earth energy. And this is where Virgo comes in and Virgo's like, y'all have had way too much fun. We need to settle down. We need to improve. Like Leo, I think it's super great that you're out here just like wearing your crown and not really taking responsibility for anything. I don't actually think that's true of Leo's, but there is that essence of let me just play. Let me just be the lion that romps around. And Virgo comes in and is like, let's analyze, let's perfect, let's really root down because we're changing seasons. It's not time to party anymore. We're growing up. Like we're in, in this energy fields of like, okay, now I need to kind of go out and like be in the world. So everything that I've discussed is the bottom half of the chart, right? If we think about it as a circle, this is one through six. Mm -hmm. And in our psychological experience, this is when we're developing our personality. So it makes sense that we get in touch with our body. We get in touch with our fearlessness, the nurturing, loving energy of the mother, and then the playfulness of Leo. And then comes Virgo and is like, all right, we need to perfect and analyze and really allow ourselves to improve so that we can go out into the world, okay? And create relationships and merge with other people. And this is where the polarities start. So from this point forward, Aries to Virgo, there are no polarities. It's just, that's the energy. And then Libra comes in, cardinal air. We're back to that initiating energy. We are now in the autumn equinox. Everything starts to die, right? Everything starts to turn dark. Libra is the balancer. Libra is the lover, the artist, the harmonizer. It is the just energy that says, okay, I see everything that you've created. And now I want to mirror and reflect with another person. I want to be in partnership, right? The opposite of Aries, Aries being very much independent. Libra's like, now let's balance each other out and form meaningful partnerships, okay? So the seventh house is the house of marriage. It's also the house of known enemies. So if you have energy in your seventh house, we could look there and be like, oh, well, here's an enemy. I think that that's fascinating. Mm. But from Libra, we move into Scorpio, right? And so this is where things start to get really intense. We're really passionate. Scorpio is my personal favorite sign. Uh, it's the detective, it's the sorcerer, and it is the hypnotist. We are now learning how to be intimate with one another. We all think that Libra is this like, really, it is relationship oriented, but it's more on the, not on the surface level, but really in Scorpio, we get very deep. We get really connected to the intimate, more mysterious part of life, right? We're dealing with the element of water. So Scorpio is fixed water and we anchor down. I always like to think of Scorpio as like the anchor in a ship. And it's like, here we are, we're rooted. We're not moving. Um, we are in it for the long run, right? Any Scorpio energy, wherever it is in your chart is that ability to penetrate below the surface. It's like the underwater caves that you're absolutely terrified of but the second you actually get into it, it's like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I just had to dive below my fears and below the murkiness and the energy of bad or taboo to fully penetrate, to get to the heart of gold, right? So that's Scorpio, fixed water. We're now in the middle of autumn. Things are dying. It's cold. It's dreary. We celebrate Samhain. Like things are just feeling a little spooky, the veil's thin. And this is, to me, this is the most stark transition. 
from Scorpio to Sagittarius. So the transition from Scorpio to Sagittarius always feels so intense to me. The, the transition from water to fire just feels intense, right? It's like this really interesting, like mixture of the two. But anyway, so Scorpio, we've just gotten really deep. We've just gotten really intimate, either with ourselves or another person or an experience. And then Sagittarius comes up and is like, okay, so now that you have everything in place and we've really penetrated below the surface, let's get even higher. Let's expand our thoughts and our beliefs and our visions for what's possible. So Scorpio, Scorpio being fixed water and then Sagittarius being mutable fire. Sag is the third and fire, third and final fire sign. So it's this energy of expansion in the sense of, okay, we've got the warrior, we've got the lion, and now we've got the archer. And Sagittarius is the gypsy, the student, and the philosopher, ruled by Jupiter, and really taps us into what's possible. Our spiritual beliefs, our religious beliefs, our energy and ability to connect to something bigger than ourselves right? If we think about the ninth house, or if we think about that energy at all, it really is where we start to understand and connect to something that is bigger and more vibrant than we are. And so Sag is the truth seeker. It wants to understand the truth. So is Scorpio. And from Sagittarius, we move to the top of the chart and to the cardinal winter sign of Capricorn. And Sagittarius being the middle of fall, or I guess mutating us and merging us into winter, we are then met with the Capricorn goat, right? The sea goat, this beautiful, beautiful energy of such, I mean, my Capricorn rising is literally what my entire brand is all about. It's, it's me rising into my ascendant, which is what I think we're all really here to do along with a lot of other things. But Capricorn is the hermit, the father and the prime minister. And it's in this energy that structure really comes into play. And we are now at the very tippy top of the chart. And it's like, okay, what have you done? What have you created? What relationships have you established? And how do you show up in the world? What is your public persona? That's what the 10th house is. It's career, yes, but that would be lacking in the ability to understand that energy. And Capricorn, is determined and everything embodying earth, right? Very practical, very organized, but it is ambitious. It is the succeeder. So I always love to reference, you know, mountain goats. If you ever, wherever Capricorn is in your chart, just like pinpoint it and, and watch a mountain goat climb up a mountain because it defies all laws of gravity. It is the most magical thing I think I've ever seen is watching this animal scale a building with like inches of leeway, right? It's absolutely fascinating. But from Capricorn, we transition to fixed air, Aquarius. And Jack, I know you have a lot of this in your chart. I've got, you know, my Saturn and Aquarius. Laura, does Laura have a lot of Aquarian energy too? I don't think you do, Laura, do you? So, no, I don't think I have that much at all of Aquarius. Really? Okay. So Aquarius is the genius. It is mm -hmm. the revolutionary. It's the truth sayer, the scientist, right? So now we are in this domain, in this energy field of how do we evolve? How do we take our spiritual beliefs, take our relationships, take our fundamental psychological foundation 
And how do we future forecast that to this energy of what's possible? Anytime I think of Aquarian energy, I think alien, I think scientist, almost like mad scientists, because they're so connected to the future. They can see it so beautifully and they just, they almost live there. It's hard to almost bring an Aquarian back to center stage. Cause they're like, but I got all this energy. I, I need to think about and bring to life my visions and my ideas, right? So it's the, the third and final air sign and it's fixed in nature. So it's stubborn and it's fixed energy really roots it down. But that transition from Capricorn to Aquarius is like, okay, we've, we've created the structure and Capricorn and then Aquarius comes in and is like, oh, that's really cute. I'm, I'm so glad that we've spent all this time creating all these rules, but guess what? Like that actually doesn't work for me. Um, eccentric is what we think about in Aquarian energy. It's this essence of so glad that this is what you want to do. I'm going to go do it this way. And we often look towards Aquarian energy as crazy or right. All of like wonky or wild, those kind of different energy that comes through. And that's exactly what it wants. It's like, yeah, I need you to look at me in a way that does not fit your norms because I don't want to, I need to future forecast and I need to be 10 steps ahead because that's the energy that I embody. Right? So that's Aquarius that's fixed air. And then we get to the 12th sign and Pisces is like, what is happening? <laughs> what just happened? Look at all of this energy before me. Pisces is so beautiful. It's the mystic, the dreamer, the poet, and it is mutable water. So we have Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, and Pisces is just this ethereal energy. I always like to think of the stars now as like an ocean and Pisces embodies all of that. It is universal consciousness. It is this energy that just wants to connect and bring life together. And then we start all over again and it goes Aries, Taurus, Gemini, you know, it, we just, it keeps going. And that was just a very brief, very energetic description of the Zodiac talking about their archetypes, but each energy has a specific strategy. Each energy has a specific resource and each energy has a specific shadow. And this all comes from Stephen Forrest, his book, The Inner Sky. I literally cannot recommend it enough for anyone who is wanting to understand the language of astrology and actually view it as a language, because to me, that's what it is. And I think it's so beautiful that in this age of Aquarius, I use quotations because who knows when we're actually in it, but it very much feels like we're in this new age. I'm seeing so many people tap into this language and so many people use it in a way that is, is so profound, right? And like hundreds of years ago, we wouldn't be able to have this conversation. It was banned because the ability to understand truth in a way that goes against the norm, very Aquarian, right? Goes against the structure, very Capricorn, um, is scary. And astrology can unlock, in my personal opinion, just about everything. You have to, you have to be <laughs> aware of it. And you, you, I mean, you don't have to, but it's helpful to be aware of it. And it's helpful to understand the language because it helps us understand ourselves. And for me, that's the most beautiful thing. It's, 
brilliant it's fantastic it's it's you speak about it so eloquently you convey things so clearly it's so easy to follow and understand and it's just it was natural for us to have you on because uh, Laura and I can only talk about astrology so much and so far because both of us are still very much learning and digesting and from what we know yeah exactly yeah exactly and it's and both of us are still learning you know whereas we're all still learning but you have that information that is just it flows so effortlessly and it's just fantastic I'm just so grateful that you guys had me on and that this is something that people are interested in because it's my heart and soul well I love how you connected everything together in one circle like you said like I think that was a really uh easy an easy way to follow it and it may I never thought of it in that way before but it makes sense to follow it to connect everything all together and you mentioned uh Tiffany that Scorpio is your favorite I think Scorpio might be my favorite as well when I found out about my Scorpio rising I was just really like excited about it like I just really love my Scorpio rising I absolutely love that you had a Scorpio rising I did not know that um that is so beautiful attract Scorpio so I have a Scorpio moon and um I think I think anyone who has a lot of Scorpio or even just any like significant placement it's like yeah that one yeah yeah and we will we'll definitely have you back on you know if you want to come back on 100% because you know there's there's so much to talk about with astrology and you know the when you start digging into astrology it can be a bit overwhelming sometimes because you don't know where to start and all that sort of stuff and the whole point in this podcast is for the people at home to listen and know where to start and because that's something I would have really liked and that's why I liked your podcast when I came across it you know so that's kind of what I want to be replicating here with Laura and with the guests that come on because it's just fantastic so we will definitely have you back on um and the great thing about having you back on as well is we can literally talk about it so much more in depth so we can go each planet individually we can go the aspects individually we can go birth charts individually we can go houses individually we can do all of that and I think that's just great I think that's so exciting so 100% we'll get you back on so before we go and uh, before we end this podcast um Tiff do you want to kind of give a little plug and a little promo because you are an astrologer at the end of the day you have services let people know how they can come and speak to you yes I appreciate that I almost forgot all about that I'm like oh right <laughs> I do this as a job like this is this pays my bills uh that's, it's cool. that's my Leo moon making sure you express yes. yourself <laughs> probably hitting my Chiron that's like, oh, you want me to talk about myself? Okay. Um, no, so I have, I have an Instagram, uh, Tiffany Rising. It's a double underscore Tiffany Rising. You can find me on my website, which is just tiffanyrising.com. That is where you can book services. I offer one-on-one chart readings, um, transit readings. I specialize in something called that I've coined ritualize your week. And that's taking the more witchy aspects, the more ritualistic aspects and creating an actual connection and relationship to your natal chart. And I just, I think it's so beautiful. It's one of the best ways I learned my chart. And then I also have a Patreon. So I do full moon and new moon readings every month. If you subscribe at my top tier, you get a 30 minute session with me every month. Um, It's just a really beautiful community that is being built around inclusion and safety and 
wanting to gather more knowledge. So I am open for readings. I am open for people to join the Patreon. Um, Jack, thank you so much for allowing me to talk about myself and my services because I wouldn't have done that. And um, I really do. It's not for the money. Um, I would do this for free a million times a day. So, you know, if the price is unaccessible, talk to me, let's figure something out. I just want to get this information to everyone and allow everyone to experience the excitement of their natal chart. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you have to do it for the money. We all have to live. Yes, you know. We're all, yes. Yeah. You <laughs> need to have, yeah. We yeah. You're using your skills. So yeah, yeah. That, that is completely understandable. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah. So, um, very quickly when you mentioned ritualize your week, that's something I'd really like to talk about on this podcast with you. So, um, we should definitely go into that. Um, but otherwise, thanks so much for coming on. It's so fascinating. Laura, like, how are you feeling? Are you feeling all excited? Yeah, it's so like, much. I'm loving it. Yeah, no, honestly, Tiffany, you should come back every week. It should be a permanent part of the podcast. Literally, I was <laughs> thinking explained it so well. Yeah, I was thinking the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, just sit back and relax. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, I would be honored to be on for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so thanks everybody for listening. Um, as you are aware, as we say every week, um, make sure you share our podcast, share it with your friends, share it with your fam, share it with your brothers and sisters and like all your pets and maybe even just randoms on the internet. That would be great. Um, review it, you know, uh, only five stars. The other four <laughs> stars don't exist. So just give us five. Um, and yeah, uh, keep listening and go yeah. check Tiffany out because you need to if you have if you listen to this podcast and still don't think you need an astrology reading with her then um it's mercury retrograde something's gone wrong <laughs> it's not our fault <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah thanks so much for coming on and um i guess now all we can say guys is see you next week bye bye yeah see you next week